You know, being a founder is very courageous. I'm not talking about waking up one day, calling yourself a founder, putting CEO in your LinkedIn and calling it good. I'm talking about every single day, waking up, spending 12 hours working on something that no one thinks you have any business working on, going to bed the next day, waking up, and then and doing that for, for years on end. But but at some point, if, if things work out, you start to push the, the boulder over the mountain and things start to work out. And then all of a sudden things start to get not easier, but people start to believe in you more. People start to like help you. They think you can do it. Um, you know, this is what they maybe call product market fit. Well, Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast that highlights everything that happens before then. We interview founders before they've figured things out, when they're still pushing that boulder up the mountain, not even sure if they're able to get it up to the other side. I'm your host, Matt Sherman, and let's get into the next episode. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Lorea Coronado Garcia, who's a co-founder of Spore. Welcome to the show. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing great. We had a busy day, but it was, uh, it's was it been fun so far. Good. Good to hear. I'm excited to hear more about what you're working on here at Spore. For people that haven't heard of your company, what are you working on? What is Spore? Yeah, so we're on a mission to enable industry and nature to coexist, and that's through biodiversity monitoring. But first off, we're starting with bird monitoring of wind farms, where there's this uh, tension building up between how we deploy lots of renewable energy through wind energy and also take into account sort of the impact on bird life. So help me understand a little bit of kind of the I guess the question is like how Spore works. So if, if you were explaining to someone what the first offering or first product is in relation to the realm you just mentioned, how does it work? And can, can you dive a little deeper? Yeah, sure, definitely. So basically we're processing camera feed. So we just need the IP address of a camera that's looking out towards the, the wind farm, usually monitoring one turbine. And we use basically computer vision and AI to detect and track and then try to identify the species of the bird that we're monitoring. And then the output is something that comes into a user interface, logging the bird activity, the type of bird, and where in the wind farm they were. So some 3D localization. And then this might be a really basic question, but this is definitely a, a different realm for me. So I'm trying to have a base understanding. What's the persona of somebody that would use the product? Like who wants this data? Who, who is actively <laughs> using this? Yeah, not just bird enthusiasts, but also basically wind farm developers have to go through a process where they get consent for using an air. So it's part of the early application process where they have an, what's called an environmental impact assessment. And so biodiversity monitoring and bird monitoring is one component of that. Um, but how biodiversity is being seen now and it's like under threat and, and that's well understood now, there's more and more regulations going into effect where monitoring across the life of the operations of a wind farm is also required. So that's also part of what we're trying to service. Yeah, I feel like this is a, a super core part of the stack, which is super, which is exciting. It leads me to wonder, though, how did you even get interested in this? Tell me about the origin story. How did you get started with Spore and why Spore? 
Cool, thanks. Yeah, so the three co-founders, Ask, Helga, and myself, we met during Antler, which is a VC-backed startup incubator, I guess. It's global. They had come to Oslo, I think, six months before our program. And we met, we knew we aligned well on values and we had very complementary skill sets. So the three of us started working together and then we had to find an industry that we wanted to narrow in on and we're based in Oslo in Norway and um, Norway is essentially trying to change its workforce and pivot into offshore wind from oil and gas. So there's a lot of um, resources and national sort of effort going into developing the service value chain of offshore wind. So that's how we started looking at offshore wind and when this a challenge of the environmental impact assessment kept coming up. It really aligned well with the skill set that we came to the table with, and we could really make an argument for why we were the best founders to develop something like this. So you just mentioned you're in Oslo, which is awesome. It, for me, it feels so far away. I don't know much about it. So I guess I just have a question. What's it like building a startup over there. Yeah, I think people say that maybe the startup scene here is five, 10 years, a little bit behind from the US. It's definitely ramping up and catching up. I think uh, in the Nordics, innovation, sustainability is like their brand. Um, and digital solutions in Norway are very well respected. Like it's on a national level, digital solutions are well used as at the country level. So I think we don't have a hard time getting like reputation on that. But yeah, the startup ecosystem, investors, uh, valuations, that those are more immature than in, in like sort of US, maybe London or some other more aggressive markets. Totally. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how these markets and markets that are generally on the rise over the next 10 years become a dominant force in like just the startup world, because in the United States, valuations are bloated. And I think there's so many investors that are just like, where are they? Like, we got to get out of here. We got to invest somewhere else. So yeah. I, I do think market wins are on your side for like for the actual ecosystem. But I want to go back to the to to the actual company. And I have a couple more questions. And we'll talk about the big vision here. Help me like understand if someone was li like listening to this and they knew, they knew nothing about what was going on in the world macro wise. And they just you're, you they just hear about for this for the first time. They're like, oh, like, what, why is this necessary? Or like, why are they doing this? Can you just like a high level, like why this is important, like what you're doing and how it fits into maybe macro changes in the world? Because I think um, that's important to highlight. Yeah, sure. If we go macro, then you go up like as big as to uh, the issue of climate change, where, yeah, the the world is changing because of human activity. And to do anything about that, we have to move away from so many greenhouse gas emissions. And so with that, then we start looking at deploying more renewable energy, which is great, but these are massive infrastructure projects. So they have an impact also not only on local environment, but they have an impact on animal life around there. And so we also see that not just there's climate change, but there's also this big drop in biodiversity. We're basically in what scientists term the sixth mass extinction. Protecting biodiversity is just as critical as protecting our climate and doing something about that. So as we deploy these massive infrastructure projects to do something about climate, we also have to make sure that they do something uh, responsible about biodiversity. And we're much further behind on the aspect of biodiversity. So I think regulations wise, we're probably maybe 10 years behind where the climate talks are, but hopefully the urgency that we're seeing now may 
speed up the progress that we lagged behind on climate. So essentially, yeah, it's technology to help report on, on the impacts and on biodiversity. I appreciate you sharing that kind of the high level to low level. It makes a lot of sense. And it leads me to the, the second to last question here. And it's if we do just magically press the, the, the timeline button and move forward 5, 10, 15 years or 20 years into the future. Tell me, what does the world look like when Spore becomes a really big company? Or in other words, what's your big vision here and what direction are you rowing in every day with the company? Yeah, I think in, in the future, we'll have a, a much better sense of how any of our activities, but definitely at the industrial level, have an impact on animal life in and around the area. And also on a broader sense, especially if there's migration and other kind of things. And so I think the ease with which we monitor and track those, those changes and also communicate about those changes, that it's uh, quantifiable and it's, there's a clear methodology behind it. I think those things will become standardized and, and quite transparent and also like a go-to easy best in practice kind of method. And in order to make that happen, which would be incredible, you'll need some help. It takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring, raising money, looking for customers, beta testers? How can we assist? Definitely. What we're trying to do is new on, on an industrial, new in a customer type of way and market, but we're also doing something new on the tech side, um, using computer vision to track animal life and and trying to use how scientists have tracked in the past, but try to automate that. So absolutely, the forward-thinking founder community, it would be interesting to hear more uh, from them about if they have an interest in, in participating in our tech development. We're hiring for a data engineer. We're, of course, also going to be hiring for front-end, back-end, and full-stack. And we're always open to very keen and interested people. And then for my last question, if someone wanted to learn more on the internet and just dive in, where can they find you online? Do you have a website, social media handle, or like an email address? How can someone learn more? Yeah, our website is spore.ai, and we're working to update that one. And we're also quite active on LinkedIn. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was very fun.